Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm sorry, ladies, that you have to sit through this, some of you, a second time. <laughs> but um, my desire is to serve him and to be what he wants me to be. And that only comes through refining. Uh, the name of our little pamphlet out there is Refiner's Fire. And Refiner's Fire is not just fasting. It's the word and sometimes letting go of the busyness and stuff in our life so that we can concentrate on, on God. That's what we're needing to do in this month of January. Now, fasting and prayer has been going on for two weeks. And this is, kind of prepares us for refining. And you are already feeling some of that process. Um, the theme of the messages that we've been hearing lately, at least in my mind, is that we need to get ready, be alert, and watch. Malachi 3, 1 through 3 says, Behold, I will send a me my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. But who may abide the day of his coming, and who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap. Fuller's soap is to make cloth white. And this is talking about John the Baptist, when Jesus came, and also when he comes again. He shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi, and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. And so that's what comes from being refined. The purpose of refining gold or silver is to improve the quality of the product. And that's just what the Lord wants to do with us. He wants to improve our quality and our character. And this process takes time and care. It's not something that goes quickly. First, the ore has to come out of the earth. And this takes great expense and effort. Needs heavy equipment and explosives to go deep within the earth. Now some of us were deeper in the world than others. Nevertheless, we have all sinned. And that's why we're here. Um, Jesus found us and he called us out of the world at great expense to him and great effort. Next, the mine ore is crushed into small pieces. The gold and other valuable minerals are encased in the rock, so it has to be broken up. And you can't tell what valuable things are within that rock until it is broken. And it's a very humbling process. For us, that could be repentance. Uh, Jeremiah 23, 29. Is not my word like as fire, saith the Lord? and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. 
Psalms 34, 18. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Here, broken heart could also mean shattered. So our hearts have to be broken. And after this crushing of the ore, it has to go through many washings and cleansings. The unwanted elements are taken out and only the metal remains. Baptism washes away our sins, and this is the first washing that we will go through. We are continually being washed by the word. Now the crucible, that melting pot, is what they put uh, the ore for silver, and gold is put in these clay cubicles, and so they each melt on their own. Once this melts, the dross or the impurities that have come to the top, uh, the dross is very carefully skimmed from the top because you do not want to take the precious metal out of with the dross. Proverbs 17.3 The finding pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord trieth the hearts. The Lord tries our heart to purge out everything that is not like him our wrong motives, attitudes, and actions, anything that keeps us from being what God wants us to be. And you know what? We don't really fully know our hearts. Um, the Bible says that our hearts are deceitful, so we need God to search our hearts. Psalm 139, 23-24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. In the New Living Translation, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me, and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. So after skimming off the dross, those nasty little things in our hearts, the refiner returns the crucible to the furnace and he turns up the heat to bring out more of the impurities to the surface. Now the refiner knows that only certain impurities only come out and are released at certain temperatures. So sometimes he really needs to turn up the heat on us because some of the stuff in us, we have to be put under hot temperatures to get the, that junk out. The, uh, Psalms 12, 6. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of, of earth, purified seven times. It takes the refiner seven times, or could be seven times, through this process of returning the metal back to the furnace and um, to make it purified. So when we have to go through things more than once sometimes, we have to go back in and back in and back in and heat it up again and again and again. Proverbs 25.4 says, Take away the dross from the silver, and there shall come forth a vessel for the finer. This is really cool. When we allow this purifying process, we become a very fine vessel. 
One version says we become as sterling, which allows us to influence others toward God and his ways. We need to be really careful how we influence other, those around us. Job 23.10, But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Isaiah 48.10, Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. Many times that's what uh, the refining process is for us. It's not always an easy thing, but I know that you're all aware of that process. Refining can be painful and hot. The afflictions or trials uh, come in different forms. It may be a financial, a health, a marriage issue, and there are many other ways uh, to bring refining to our lives. Uh, the process of refining is complete only when the refiner sees a clear reflection of himself in the gold. This is when the gold is at its highest degree of purity. And on earth, the standard set for gold, it has to be 99.9% .9 in its purest form. And there's still more refining that could be done, but on here, that's the furthest it can go. We are not going to reach perfection on this earth. And even though all the refining we go through, we're not going to reach perfection until we be with the Lord. Hopefully, when people look at us, they see the reflection of Jesus in us. As we are, as we are refined, the Lord asks us to do things to continue to grow in him. Uh, Philippians 2 Verse 12, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you. For the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice with me. This is written to Paul, or by Paul, to the church at Philippi, and they have already obeyed the Acts 2.38 plan of salvation, which we all know. Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Paul had a very close relationship with this church at um, Philippi. He started the work there. Um, the book of Philippians is considered Paul's joy letter, even though he was writing it while he was in prison. And it is because of his relationship with Jesus that he could say in Philippians 4, 11 through 13, 
Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. He knew how to be wealthy, he knew how to be poor, he knew how to be hungry, and he knew how to be full. So he knew what all those things felt like. Yet Paul kept a positive attitude. And no matter what was going on at this time in his life, he was content. He trusted God. When we trust God, I think that makes things, you know, we have a peace about us when we can trust him. The life we live following our choice to obey Acts 2.38 is just as important. Our life after salvation is a testimony of what the Lord is still doing in our lives. Um, Could you put up uh, Philippians 2.12, please? Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Here Paul is encouraging the church to stay close to Jesus, now especially that he can't be with them. That is how they will maintain their salvation, by staying close to the Lord. We don't obey or live for God only when we are with other Christians. This is our life the way we live all the time. This fear and trembling that he's talking about is not just a great respect for God's word, but it is a holy fear of God's word and should cause us to dread sinning against him. And we need to have an awe of his power and holiness. And I want that kind of a fear in my heart. I do not want to sin against the Lord. Um, This, um, after salvation, is really important that we still continue. It's not just a one-time thing. It's a lifestyle. The Lord may not be visible right now, but he is everywhere and sees all. And I need to keep that picture in my mind that God is always right there with me, even when I can't feel him. Though the refining process, through the refining process, God is continually drawing us closer to him. And he asks us to change things in our life that may not be comfortable for us. Change is not ever comfortable. Well, for me anyway. Some people like change, but it's very uncomfortable for me. (laughs) Our attitudes, our heart, the way we think, the way we speak, our time, our modesty, our service, our worship, all those things are continuously changing. He is strengthening us and protecting us through those things. At the wedding feast in uh, John 2, Mary was kind of pushing Jesus into ministry. So I think he got a bit, uh, I don't want to say it upset, but, you know, he wasn't ready for mom to tell him to get going here. So she says to him in 2.5, Whatsoever he saith, 
unto you, do it. Are we his servants? We are. So, just do it. Um, we are always blessed by doing what the Lord asks of us. I remember in the school, we had this little rule. Hopefully I can remember it off the top of my head. Uh, listen to instructions first time given. So, we need to kind of take that into our, uh, you know, listen the first time. Parents, we always want our children to listen the first time, not keep after us and after us. Why, 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 And just say because. Just tell them, the Lord is, this is what the Lord wants. And that's what we have to remember. This is what the Lord wants. We are doing it for the Lord, not for ourselves. Um, verse 13, please. Philippians 2.13. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do, of his good pleasure. He wants us to do his will. It pleases him. And isn't that, it that our purpose to please the Lord? Verse 14. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Paul is admonishing them to not complain or argue. It is not a good example to those in the world. And how do we bring people into that environment? It is not a very good testimony. Verse 15, please. That we may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine like lights in the world. Jesus wants his church to be pure, patient, and have peace and joy. That is what will attract others to us. This is so that we will shine as lights in the world. The NIV says, in which you shine like stars in the universe. And that is what I would like to be. Something that shines, that, that uh, candle set on a hill, or the stars in the universe. Verse 16 and 17. Holding forth the word of life. I better look at my paper. holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you. Paul was happy to sacrifice himself, to know that he had helped the, the Philippian church live for Christ and be content in serving others for the Lord. Verse 18 for the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice with me. So if we will serve others and be willing to sacrifice for them in helping them live for Christ, we are going to have that same joy and rejoice with each other. You are the valuables in the rock. Gold is the softest metal and yet it does not rust or tarnish. You are the gold in the refining process. You will not rust or tarnish. You are that very fine vessel. 
You are also the star in the universe that shines the light of Jesus Christ through your life. Let the reflection of Jesus be seen in you. Lord bless you. Isn't she awesome? Amen. Praise God. Those of you that are setting aside time for prayer and fasting, it's been difficult, hasn't it? And hopefully now you have a little bit better understanding what's happening. Paul said, I know that in my flesh dwells no good thing. We, uh, we have a place up in Crandon, and the wind prevails primarily out of the west. It goes from west to east. It might be southwest or northwest, but the prevailing strongest winds come from the west. And when the winds come from the west and blow across our bay, it pushes all the weeds that die and all the um, vegetation that has fallen off into the east corner of the bay. And there it sits for a period of time until it turns into silt or even muck. And that's where the ducks like to go. They like to sit where things are, are easy to get at to eat, and they can paddle around out of the wind. And so it's really a very good hunting spot. But you can't get in there without a pair of waders. And so... I oftentimes put my waders on and go into that area to sit to hunt ducks. But the problem is, is that all the muck is built up and it can get as deep as your knees. And when you try to get into that area with your waders and you put your foot into that muck and it comes up to your knees, sometimes you feel like you're not sure you're going to be able to get your foot out of there. It's that deep. And I have had thoughts that I'm sure glad I told my son where I was going. In case I can't get out of this hole, he'll come and get me. Do you know what happens in our lives? Muck builds up. And it sits on the bottom of our lives. Listen to this verse of scripture. Jesus said, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Rivers turn over, and when they do, all the garbage in the river comes to the surface. That's what fasting does. It stirs up all that deep, deep muck that's been building up for sometimes years and brings it to the surface so that prayer can wash it away. Now, if you don't periodically fast, all you're doing with prayer is moving across the surface of things. And if you've ever seen a river turn over, it's not pretty. Cans and garbage and leaves and debris coming to the surface is not pleasant, but it's necessary to keep the river clean and pure. I, this past week, and I've taken a lot of notes over these two weeks, I have to be honest with you, and I said, God, I don't like what I see in myself. 
I certainly don't like what I see and what some of you as the saints are going through and what we've had to deal with over the last two weeks. It's not pleasant. I would prefer to never fast again. It's that bad, folks. I remember uh, saying, saying that to even God, and this is what God spoke to my mind. And you gotta hear this. If you don't fast, and if you don't pray, all it's gonna be is DDB around here. Dead, dull, and boring. Every service is gonna flow together. You're not gonna hear the word of the Lord. You're not gonna receive the word of the Lord. There's gonna be no joy in your worship. There's gonna be no deep commitments made at altars because we're just going across the surface and not dealing with the stuff that's underneath. And so when that goes away, great things happen. And you know it. You know what's gonna happen in February and March and April. It's gonna be a whole lot better. There's gonna be new life. There's gonna be new births because God doesn't wanna bring new people into this church and get them stuck in the muck. Stuck in the muck. That kind of rhymes, doesn't it? Don't get stuck in the muck. Let's stand together. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.